All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the hump day edition of The Yard. We're almost there, folks. Almost there. Almost to the weekend. Excited to be back with you today. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today, whether you're on the road or in the office or uh, in the dorm, just whatever, man. Happy to be with you talk about the great Mississippi State Bulldogs, the finest athletics program in the state of Mississippi, bar none. Excited to be back. Big news. We had a chance to speak with uh, Jim Moorhead on Monday. We had a chance to speak with offensive players on Tuesday. We'll speak defensive players tonight. So I'll kind of bring you up to speed on what they had to say on Friday. If you can't wait that long, perhaps uh, log on to jeanspage.com and you can find some information there. The big news of uh, Monday is Joe Moorhead says in reference to Tommy Stevens. I had the first question at the press conference, and I asked him, what is Tommy Stat? Well, I, I wouldn't want to rule him totally out right now. 
And so that caused a little bit of unrest, shall we say, among the Bulldog fan base. And Tommy Stevens hadn't been here very long, but we love him already, right? We do. He's one of ours. He has shown us what this offense can be with the right quarterback. And again, and, and I say that, and I, and I always feel the need to qualify that statement. And, and let me tell you guys this. I'm a Nick Fitzgerald fan. I love Nick Fitzgerald as a player. Love Nick Fitzgerald as a person. I hope he does exceptionally well with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very, very happy that he was uh, retained on their practice squad. Hope he gets a chance to play football for the next 10, 15 years or win a couple of Super Bowls. I mean, I absolutely hope nothing but the best for Nick Fitzgerald. But Tommy Stevens, from a skill set standpoint, as a down-the-field passer, as more of a polished passer, he is a better fit for this scheme. Not, not, not better or worse as a player than Nick Fitzgerald. Just a little bit better fit, you know. And I, and I suspect that uh, if we got out there and had a foot race, Nick Nick Fitzgerald's going to win that over Tommy Stevens. If if we got out there and, and ran a triple option, Nick Fitzgerald's going to win that job. But that's not the offense that we run. We're running the spread offense, some RPO stuff, but uh, it's kind of predicated on the fact that you got a quarterback that can make those big throws down the field. And all of you that were kind of maybe on the fence about Tommy Stevens a little bit, and I don't, I don't understand why you would be at this point. But I think after that throw to Osiris Mitchell in the first quarter to put State up uh, 7-0, I think there were a lot of fence setters that got on down and got on the bandwagon. And so then all of a sudden we see that, and he gets a little banged up. And so that was, that's the, that was the story of the weekend. I mean, Colin comes back in. I mean, yeah, Nick Gibson was banged up a little bit, but Nick was fine. I mean, we, people get – Concerned. Anytime you see a guy get taken off the field with assistance, everybody thinks it's something that's going to linger, and that, that's a reasonable concern. And you saw that, you know, Tommy Stevens took himself out of the ball game. You saw Colin Hill go down, but he came back, and you saw Cam Dancer and Nick Gibson go down or kind of limp off the field. They didn't come back, so people have questions. But everybody's fine, okay? Everybody's fine, and Coach says Darian Parker, the only guy that won't play for sure. But the Tommy Stevens question lingered. Last night, we, uh, we interviewed Tommy Stevens. And one of the things that I want to share with you, kind of those, one of those tricks of the trade, injured players are not available to the media at Mississippi State. If a guy is serving a suspension, if a guy is, uh, has had an arrest recently, if he's uh, in the doghouse with a coaching staff, if he's injured, they are not available to the media. So you can take of that what you will. We'll get into what Tommy Stevens said shortly. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company. Love Bulldog Burger Company. Love that, that whole staff up there. It's one of those deals with them. Uh, when I go in there, it's almost like going home, you know, because it's like you know what to expect there. You know the quality of service. You know the quality of food. You know the quality of people that are going to be preparing it. It is a great institution. It is part of a family of restaurants committed to Starkville. You, you know the quality, and that's what you can expect. Absolutely love going in there. The favorites, the spring rolls, I'll have them every time I go. Every time I go, I'll order the spring rolls. And I encourage you to do so, too. It will make you better looking, and we all want that. We all want to be better looking. We want to be more attractive to the opposite sex. And nothing else. It just kind of spruces up the place a little bit. I'm still riding the Lauren bandwagon. You need to go in there and find your own favorites. I mean, if you want just a great restaurant-quality hamburger, you get that with the Bulldog. But if you want to get a little bit on the wild side, Maybe get the mission, the pimentology at bacon. Find your own favorites. I'm telling you, you'll be glad you did. Bulldog Burger Company will be opening a new location in Tupelo, Mississippi on September 23rd. It'll be here before you know it. 
the Bulldog Burger Classics headed to Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company could place in Starkville and now Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So, Tommy Stevens, gracious enough to visit with us last night. I don't know if you've watched Tommy's interviews, and we have posted all of them on Gene's page, and they, you can go watch last night's video for free right now. Go to jeanspage.com, and it's right there on the top of the page. Uh, it's just, you've got a video column to the left there, and you've also got uh, the story up. It says Tommy Stevens says, hey, I'm, I'm, I, feel, I feel good. You know, I feel good. He went on to say that Saturday was really more of a precaution, and that's one of the things that we've talked about on the show. He could have returned, and I think he described it as better safe than sorry. Now, he is limited in practice. Now, he won't go out and say that, but let me go ahead. Here's what's going to happen, okay? Tommy Stevens not going to do much in practice this week. He's going to continue to see treatment. He'll be out there with the team, that sort of stuff. But uh, Garrett Schrader, Keaton Thompson going to get the lion's share of the reps in practice. They're going to get Tommy ready to play on Saturday, okay? And so, Tommy, now this, again, this is a somewhat educated opinion, okay? I fully expect Tommy Stevens to get the start on Saturday. I think he'll go out there and see how he feels. I, I think the only way Tommy Stevens doesn't start Saturday is if he has a setback in treatment, which I can't foresee, or if he just gets up there Saturday and says, hey, you know, Coach, I just don't feel right. I just don't feel right. But this is, remember, this is, this is a kid that's been waiting for this opportunity his entire life. If he can play, he's going to play. And again, due to the nature of that injury, I mean, when you go down your throw-in shoulder, there's going to be some discomfort. You know, based on the information that we have, it is not any of the more serious varieties of the injury. It's just a matter of, of, un, of uncomfortableness. He'll have to play through some pain, I guess you could say. But based on the information available right now, based on his own talks last night, the expectations that Tommy Stevens will be under center when Mississippi State opens up against Kansas State this Saturday, 11 a.m. And then we'll see. Now, it is prudent that Joe Moorhead get Keaton Thompson, Garrett Schrader, Jalen Maiden reps to prepare them for the you know, possibility that uh, Tommy Stevens may not be 100% Saturday. You know, we may go out there and go to a couple drives. Maybe he gets hit. Maybe, you know, maybe he runs and gets dinged on that shoulder and says, you know what, Coach, you know what, I need to come out. So Joe's doing the right things. He's doing the right things to prepare. The expectations that Tommy will start, the preparation is that he won't. You prepare as if he's not going to be available. But the bottom line is, he is your quarterback, and we expect him to be out there and, and, and play into the high-level proficiency. I have a lot of confidence when Tommy Stevens is on the field. You know what I'm saying? I just When he's out there, things just tend to flow a little bit better. And I thought last that first half last week when he was in the ball game, I, I thought that's as good as we have looked offensively under Joe Moorhead. I thought everything just kind of seemed to have a purpose. There wasn't a lot of swashbuckling and that kind of stuff. It's just like, you know, we, we looked to be a team that was running their system at a high level of proficiency. Our wide receivers were running good routes. They're getting open. The ball is delivered on time and rhythm with great ball placement. Those guys making catches. Began the game nine for nine. The long incompletion that Tommy Stevens threw it was one that he overthrew uh, the last throw of the day after he got the sack, you know, after he got dinged up there. And so when you see those things, you begin to think, man, look at what we could be. I mean, you know, mid-year. If we can stay healthy, we can be a really, really prolific team offensively. 
which was the hope when Joe Moorhead was hired. That's the main reason John Cohen targeted Joe Moorhead. Listen, we have tried for years to be the uh, three yards in a cloud of dust great defense team. We have. Tried that for decades. And some years it worked out for us. But it was difficult to sustain any level of success because uh, we, you know, we just couldn't do it. If we ever got behind in the ballgame, we couldn't catch up. And so when Dan Mullen comes in, Dan brings in, you know, this, uh, the Urban Meyer, you know, spread option offense. And things change. And all of a sudden we start winning because here's the deal. You know, I, I love football in general, but, uh, you know, the peripheral fan, the average fan, they want to see offense. They don't want to see 17, 14 type games. They want you to be able to put 40, 50 points up on the board. That's what, that's what puts people in the seats is offense. And so when Dan Mullen leaves, we go out and get another offensive-minded coach. And I personally believe that this brand of offense actually, when it is run correctly with the right quarterback, can be even more exciting than what we saw with Dan Mullen. And that, that's not to be critical of Dan Mullen. I, I think people enjoy the passing game a lot more than the running game, especially early in ball games. Joe wants to get chunk plays. Joe wants guys that can make plays down the field. That's what gets people on their feet. So, Tommy Stevens, available to the media, and then comes out and says, hey, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. And so, we've heard directly from him, and uh, he, he didn't want to talk about his limitations in practice. He goes, hey, I'm going to leave it up to Coach Moorhead to talk about. And I know some people probably read that or heard that and thought, hmm, no, that's pretty typical. When you've got a guy that maybe is less than 100%, you nurse him along through the week. I mean, because really, let's be honest, Tommy Stevens not going to gain much in practice this week. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like at this point he is who he is, and him missing a couple days practice not not going to diminish his ability to run this offense. It's more important to get him – closer to 100% health-wise. He knows what he knows what needs to be run. He he understands. He's still going to film study. He's still out there practice. He's still a participant. It's a different deal. It's a different deal. So that that's the big news of the day. And I think a lot of people see that and say, "Okay, well well Steve, uh, how do you feel?" My hope is you I, it's not about what we feel now. I think you can you can see for yourself. And again, that video is free over on jeanspage.com. You go check it out, and you can see exactly what Tommy said. You don't have to take my word for it. Take Tommy's word for it. I think that's a big part of things. That's one of the things I love about the, about the job that we're able to do is we're able to bring you inside. We're able to give you the video and let you see for yourself. That's one thing about today's technology is it's you, know, it, you don't have to take anybody's word for stuff anymore. You know, by and large, you can see for yourself. So go see for yourself. Go visit jeanspage.com. Go check out Tommy Stevens' video. We also visited with Garrett Schrader yesterday. Uh, he is getting to be a pretty familiar face around the media. We're going to see a lot more of that face unless some things happen. Uh, I understand Andrew Briner has told, uh, I don't know that he's made the directive, but uh, he's kind of talked with Garrett about, you know, shaving that beard. I got to say, for a young guy, that's a pretty impressive beard. But they're saying that he needs to, to get some tips from Ryan Fitzgerald of the Miami Dolphins uh, before they uh, allow him to continue. So, could be uh, could be a uh, clean-shaven Garrett Schrader sooner rather than later. 
but uh, he's very comfortable with the media. And uh, I always kind of like that with quarterbacks, you know, because, like, everybody kind of looks to them to see how to act on the team. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're, they're the leader. Whether they're the captain or not, they're kind of the leader of the offense. Everybody kind of looks to them to see how to act, good, bad, or indifferent. Garrett does a good job with the media. Comes in, you know, gets behind the podium and just, you know, talks like a veteran, you know. Big fan of Tommy Stevens. Those guys have become very, very close. They've learned a lot from each other. And I think it helps Tommy to kind of impart some of that knowledge to Garrett. And I think it's only going to make Garrett better long term. That's the thing when you look at this. People say, well, Steve, what what if Garrett doesn't redshirt this year? Well, then I think Garrett's going to be a three-year starter rather than a four-year starter. That's <laughs> as simple as that. I, I think Garrett Schrader is the future of Mississippi State football. I don't think there's any question. Very, very excited about him. And I, I really think that the fact that we got a chance to see him play on Saturday and watch what he could really do kind of, just kind of whets the appetite a little bit. Now, I, I'm confident they probably scaled back just a little bit with Garrett in the ballgame. You know, it might not be the case the next time he's in. But, you know, watching him throw that pass to Osiris Mitchell, and, yes, it was incomplete, okay. It was a great read. It's great ball handling. It was a great throw. And in, and Schrader said last night initially that he thought that he missed him. And uh, so he turned to the sidelines and kind of asked them, hey, would, you know, did, did I miss there? And they gave him the thumbs up. It was a good throw. It's just one of those things that happened. So uh, as Jim Moore hits it on Monday, Osiris will be encouraged toward the eye black this week and, and certainly need to uh, with that high sky at times at Davis Wedge Stadium. But I think it's one of those things where we have we, – we've always had one pretty good quarterback, and sometimes we've had one great quarterback and maybe some guys that we – don't have potential but when you look at the quarterback situation right now at Mississippi State and you look at what Tommy Stevens has brought to the table so far and I'm not ready to hand him the Heisman Trophy by any means but the early returns are favorable and then I mean so much to the point that you know people are freaking out thinking oh my gosh what if Tommy doesn't play this weekend that shows you how far he's come in the three months he's been here but then you look at Garrett Schrader and you begin to think okay you know what? When Tommy leaves, we're going to have a guy that's very similarly situated to Tommy. You know, maybe he's not quite as polished as a passer yet because he's not. He's not as old, not as developed, not as strong. But you kind of get a glimpse of the vision of the Joe Moorhead quarterback. You get an idea of what you're looking for there. And so to me, that, that, that excites me to think about what is to come, not just for this year, but for down the road. And that's one of the things Joe Moorhead said from the beginning is we're going we're gonna to build a consistent winner here. We're, we're going to build a team that's consistently competing for championships. And listen, we, we've won a lot of games in the last decade. We've been a lot of bowl games. It was an unprecedented decade of success in Mississippi State football under Dan Mullen. And so it's the whole good to great mentality. You know, it's a lot easier to go take over a program that's in the dumps. It's, it's, it's much easier to make a bad team decent than make a good team great. And I think that's kind of the challenge right now. And I think we're beginning to kind of sense that, uh, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. And, you know, I, and people ask me all the time when I go out and travel and speak and that sort of stuff, people say, well, Steve, do you think Moorhead is the guy? You know, I do. I do think Joe Moorhead is the guy. And I think that we're beginning to kind of get a sense of why Joe Moorhead is the guy. I think Joe is a guy that knows how to identify, recruit, and develop quarterbacks. 
and as you know, at every level, from peewee to the pros, the team with the best quarterback generally wins. That's generally how it works, especially on the college level. Just kind of how to see. I mean, if you look, I mean, look look at some of the great heroes in our history at Mississippi State. You you, you want to know why Dak Prescott was so in, incredible at Mississippi State? And while maybe his numbers maybe don't match up with what some of the other people do in the, in the SEC, if you look at our futility at quarterback over the years, Rocky Falker, you know, was a big hero here at Mississippi State because he was a, as a magician with the football. You know, Wayne Matkin was the guy that came in and broke many of our records. You know, people remember Derek Tate. We remember these guys, and then when you look at them, in many respects, they're kind of a footnote in SEC history. And then Dak comes in and kind of elevates the whole program and becomes an iconic figure in Maroon White. And a lot of that's because we have simply have not had a lot of success at quarterback over the years. We just, we just haven't. You know, there have been times we've had some decent quarterbacks and not had any defense. You know, Dave Marler kind of comes to mind. Dave Marler, one of the most prolific passers, you know, in the college game of his era. Didn't have a whole lot to show for it, but uh, he, you know, he he was a magic man with the football. You know, and for you young guys who don't know Dave Muller, go look him up. Learn your history. Dave Muller was incredible. I remember Greg Plump. I mean, Greg Plump had some magical moments. But uh, you know what? What I be- I believe we are about to enter a new era of Bulldog quarterbacks here at Mississippi State. That's one of the things we talked about when Dan Mullen got here. We said, you know what, Dan Mullen, is, he ought to know how to recruit quarterbacks. Turns out he didn't. Turns out he didn't. But he did know how to develop them. He couldn't attract them, but he could develop them. And I think Joe Moorhead is going to do a little bit better job on the attracting part of it. And I think that he's going to develop as good or better than Dan Mullen did. I think it's important to kind of, you know, give Joe some room to breathe a little bit. You know, I think last year, may, many of us, including myself, you know, maybe we're a little naive thinking, you know what, we wouldn't have any growing pains. We thought, you know what, we've got we've got a prolific offense coming back and with Nick Fitzgerald and Harris Williams and then we've got such a championship caliber defense, you know, we're gonna we we just show up and win nine games. Well no, that didn't work out that way. And so I think now you know, now last year I think maybe maybe Joe was kinda of figuring us out. And I think now we're kinda of figuring Joe out. And so we're just gonna give it some time, be patient. And I think, you know, this this weekend's a big ball game in that respect, too. I think this is – I'm not saying it's a must-win game for Joe Moorhead, but I think you continue to win the games you're supposed to win. And every, every week, the team you're playing seems like the 85 Bears. I mean, I read the stuff on the on the message boards and, the, and that sort of stuff, and people get, get real, really really caught up in all that. And it's because they they want the best from Mississippi State. And I, and, I, and I get it. You know, there are some people out there, it's like – the thought of losing exceeds the hope of winning. You know, the, the fear of all that is, oh, my gosh, I just hope we don't lose, you know. And, and my hope is is that some of that mentality will kind of die out for, for us at Mississippi State. I really do. But you begin to look at this, okay, we got ready to play Louisiana Lafayette, and everybody's like, oh, you know, it's a season opener, you know, and you, we don't have this, and you don't, they're, they're going to be a better team. And they were, and we won the ball game. Just back to the fact that we didn't play exceptionally well. Well, then the next week, it's like, you know what? We're going to have to be better. Southern Miss is going to be a better team. I don't know that I believe that, but we were better. 
We were better in week two. Now all of a sudden Kansas State's coming in, and, and they haven't played anybody, to be fair. They played Nickel State and Bowling Green. Uh, I believe Bowling Green went three and nine last year, three and nine, two and ten, something like that. They were they were awful. They were absolutely awful last year. And you know what? They're awful again this year. But that Kansas State team is going to show up with some confidence. They're going to show up looking for revenge because they got embarrassed last year in their home stadium. And now they've won a couple ball games, and they're believing in a new coach that's won 23 games in a row, and they're thinking, okay, you know what, Mississippi State, let's go see what you guys are about. So I think Joe needs to win this game, not just because of the fact it's the next game on the schedule and we're going to need every win we can get to ensure we get a decent bowl trip, but also, too, I think it shows that, you know what, these people can come in here with confidence and momentum, and we can still win the ball game. Let me remind you, for those who like to have a little skin in the game, our friends at my bookie are there to serve you. I mean, if you walk along the street and you find 100 bucks just laying around, are you, are you, you going to keep walking? No, you're not. You're going to pick it up. You might look around and see if somebody else dropped it, but if you see 100 bucks just rolling free and loose pocket, you're going to think, you know what, look at my good luck. Well, maybe you need to put your luck to work for you. And uh, maybe one of those guys that, uh, you know, you're always telling your friends, hey, these guys are going to win, these guys are not. And uh, maybe it's time to put some money where your mouth is. So my bookie, it's fast, it's easy, they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't tell you guys to just go use my bookie for the fun of it. They've been with me for a long time, been a frequent sponsor of the show. I've got several Barnyard listeners that have had good experiences. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Do you know you can bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your team's going to lose, you can watch you can hedge your bet by betting the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, maybe try the parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season's the best time of the year. Join now, my bookie will double your first deposit. You heard that right. They will double your first deposit. But just use promo code 3DOG, because Jeremiah was a bullfrog after all. 3DOG to activate that offer. That's promo code, the number 3, letter D-O-G. 3-D-O-G. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win you get paid. So we had a chance to visit with Colin Hill last night too. And, uh, you know, he went down, he's a little bit uh, banged up and came back and ran strong. So there was no immediate concern, but uh, there was some reports yesterday. I had, you know, let me go ahead and share this with you. Something Dan Mullen told me about 10 years ago. He said, Hey Steve, you might want to go ahead and invest in those protective boots because uh, we're going to wear those a lot that uh, when we have a guy get a little dinged up, we're going to put him in the boot. That doesn't mean they're injured. It doesn't mean that they're not going to play. It just means that we're being precau- taking precautions. And so uh, Colin Hill, there was a report yesterday, hey, Colin Hill's in a boot on campus. Well, he wasn't in a boot yesterday when we saw him, and he was walking fine. I, I didn't see any any disturbance in his gait whatsoever. I, I think everybody can feel good about that. And, and he's a guy that wants to play. And he is a guy that absolutely tore Kansas State up last year. I uh, had the chance to, uh, to break down Chris Kleiman's press conference early this week posted that again for free on Gene's page. You can go watch go go read that, what he said about Mississippi State. But uh, Colin Hill clearly has their attention. Now, Coach uh, Schneider was uh, the head coach at Kansas State last year. Uh, Kleiman comes in. Very, very good coach. Two questions about Colin Hill yesterday. Or, yeah, yesterday during a press conference. Hey, Coach, what are your thoughts about Colin Hill? He answers that. And then they ask another question, and another reporter circles back and says, Hey, Coach. A Colin Hill guy can play. And then he goes, yeah, he's really exciting. He goes, I hope it's not exciting to watch him live. Uh, but it is apparent that Colin Hill has their attention. If you remember this time last year, when, after he had that huge game against Kansas State on the road, and there were some people picking Kansas State 
to beat Mississippi State last year. And then Mississippi State wins the ball game, and Kylan Hill was the hero. So people said, you know what, this guy might be a Heisman candidate. Well, that didn't turn out because Kylan got a little banged up. Now we're beginning to see, I guess, Pro Football Focus put out their uh, their top ten rankings for the Heisman Trophy, and there's Kylan Hill at number ten. He has their attention. He has the nation's attention. He is leading the Southeastern Conference in rushing. And so now he's going to have an opportunity to kind of do it again against a Power 5 team. Now, you know as well as I do, the Wildcats are going to show up thinking, you know what, we're going to have to shut this guy down. And he's going to show up thinking, you know what, i got to keep the train going. Because even though Tommy Stevens is expected to play, I don't think we really want him carrying the football a whole lot this week. Now, I think they, that probably plays into the defensive thinking a little bit too. They're thinking, you know what, if that guy's a little bit banged up, they're not going to pull him. So we'll just go ahead and cheat on his own read and go ahead and take the running back. Kind of force Tommy to run the football. That's always the chess game inside the, inside the ball game. But, you know, Hill is one of those guys, too. One of the things I like about the way that Kylan Hill is put together is this is a guy that I understand he's not doing this alone. Very first question yesterday, he's like, you know what, I couldn't do any of this for those big boys up front. Without my offensive line, the job they're doing, just couldn't do it. And there's something to be said for all of that. Marcus Johnson's group's done a tremendous job. They are as resp- almost as responsible for Kylan Hill's big start as he is. You know, because without them, you know, blowing people off the line of scrimmage, there's there's no room for him to run. But uh, it's interesting talking to some offensive linemen last night too. They mentioned, hey, you know, there are times that we'll miss a block, and Kylan still makes somebody miss and goes gets a positive gain out of it. This is a guy. It is through two games, but he is off to a very electric start. And it's not just the numbers he's putting up; it's kind of how he's doing it. Kylan's one of those guys that like there, there's never uh, in his mind there's never any play designed to gain a yard. It's like in his mind, every play is designed to score, and that, that's how he approaches it. When he takes the handoff, he's trying to score. He's trying to move the chains. He's trying to make sure he falls forward, and it's kind of in that order. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's looking for the big play, and then he's going to get all that he can. If the big play's not there, he's just going to get what he can get, and then finally he's going to make sure it's not a negative play. There's just a different mindset with him, and one of the things, and I've shared this story a few times you know, when Colin Hill was at Columbus High School, the very first time that I got to see him play was against Starkville High School. And at that point, you know, he was you know still kind of coming of age. And he looked good. Now, Starkville won the game handily, but Colin looked like a player. The next time that I saw him play in person was at a uh, Jamboree game against Meridian. And uh, this was a ball game that uh, everybody kind of knew that Colin Hill was the Danny Dozen guy. He was the star. And so as a result, he was going to get all the attention, even though it's in a Jamboree game. So they've got, you know, nine, ten guys in the box. Well, they're playing some one-high safety in the ballgame at Meridian. And uh, there's a lot of chatter going on, a lot of people talking, you know, about Colin Hill. Well, Colin didn't do any talking. But there was a lot of talk. And so Kylan finally breaks loose. He finally breaks contain. He breaks a tackle. They get a good block out on the edge, and he's loose. And then the safety, who had been doing most of the talking, runs over to kind of usher Kylan out of bounds. And right as Kylan got to the sidelines, he kind of pulls up a little bit. So the safety relaxes. And right when Kylan sees that, he turns the gas back on and trucks him. And uh, it was not a pretty play. But it showed me then that Colin Hill had an edge to him. If I'm not mistaken, they had to come get to safety. 
you know, I mean, he just got a little shaken up. It wasn't anything serious. But but let me just say, there wasn't any more talking after that. And some of that Saturday, you know, Colin Hill begins to kind of get loose against Southern Miss, and I'm down on the sidelines, and I can hear them kind of chirping a little bit. Well, as the game began to kind of get away from Southern Miss, there was a lot less talking on the Southern Miss side. Everybody wants to talk until Colin Hill punches them in the mouth. And then we want to stop talking. Let, let me encourage you now, just go ahead and show up with a closed lip. Because that's the reality. Colin Hill is a special, special football player. Randall Montgomery was the coach at Columbus High School. Went over to see Colin that summer before uh, he enrolled at Mississippi State. Went over just to go get some pictures and get a video interview with him and interview Coach Montgomery because kind of what we do, you know. And I remember leaving, and I joke with Randall. Randall Montgomery, one of the great guys in the state of Mississippi. Man, I love Coach Montgomery. I mean, just a solid guy, wants what's best for his kids. He wants them all to go to college, whether they play football or not. He wants them to all go get a job and be responsible members of society. He wants them all to be great husbands and fathers. He is a great, great man in addition to being a great football coach. And he was at Columbus High School, and I remember asking him after watching Colin Hill work that day, which was incredible. It's like you you throw an SEC athlete out there in a high school locker room, and then uh, he really stands out. And I joke with Coach Montgomery. I said, you know, I said, whoever gets Colin as a partner on workout day is in for a long day. And Coach Montgomery kind of laughed, and he goes, yeah. He said, he's he's just a little bit different. Really embraces the weight room. And he said, said, I got a couple guys. They want to run with Colin. You know, they they, want to match his uh, effort and intensity, but it's difficult. He's brought that with them. And then when I see him, you know, posting these videos on social media of him, you know, you know, squatting six, seven hundred pounds. I mean, it's just ridiculous to see how strong the guy is. But to see that labor bear fruit on the football field is is what we are hoping for, and we're we're beginning to see that. I asked Colin last night about social media. You know, about these people that get on social media and kind of gas him up. Is it a distraction? Do you like it? He says it helps him go harder. He says whenever he has the people that are you know tweeting at him and are excited about what he's done and sharing the video of him, that that makes him want to go out there and play even harder. I think that's a, you know that that's a bit of a fine line. You know, there are some people that maybe couldn't handle that, but you know, I will tell you, Colin is not a guy. You know, he's not a real outgoing, gregarious guy in person. Just not who he is. He'll answer your questions, but you know he. You know, he's not going to get invited to the Toastmasters. I mean, that, that's, just not, that's just not who he is. He, he's just a guy that, yeah, and I think social media probably provides him an opportunity to kind of express himself. And so he feeds off of this attention on social media. Loves it. You know, we saw some of that when he was a recruit. You know, that he would always, hey, where are my Nebraska followers? Where's my Ole Miss followers? And people would get concerned. And I think a lot of it is just, in many respects, you get some external validation on social media. But... uh but, you know, we're, we are witnessing kind of the emergence of one of the great Bulldog backs in Colin Hill. Really, really excited about what is to come this season from Colin Hill. And I, and I suspect this is going to be our last year with him. I really do. I, I think if he stays healthy, and that was, that was the chore last year, wasn't it? I think if he stays healthy that he's going to put up some memorable numbers at Mississippi State this year. Because Tommy Stevens in the Mississippi State passing game is opening up some running lanes for him. 
that's one of the things that I think we, we learned early on from Jim Moorhead. He goes, you know, our running game is really, you know, it all kind of goes hand in hand. And last year people were saying, well, Steve, why don't we run the running back more? Well, the reason you didn't run the running back more is because the read said for the quarterback to keep it. That's why Nick Fitzgerald ran the football 211 times last year. Is they're going to walk those safeties down and dare us to throw it. And we, and we just simply could not throw the ball with any consistency. And we couldn't catch it with any consistency. So if you're a uh, defensive coordinator, you're thinking, you know what? Let's just walk our safeties down in the box, and we'll go man coverage on the outside. And if they beat us, they beat us. But they're probably not going to beat us consistently enough for us to kind of alter our game plan. But now all of a sudden you get out there, and, and Tommy Stevens is hitting Osiris Mitchell on the deep post and uh, hitting Stephen Gidry on the post right now. All of a sudden those safeties can't vacate the middle of the field. And all of a sudden you, they got to play honestly. And so now you're playing two deep safeties to, to protect. And you know what? That's two less guys in the box. The numbers match Mississippi State. So you know what? Rather than having to have, uh, you know, run the wing tee with a rush, rushing quarterback, we can go out there and give it to Colin Hill and let him operate. And so it all works together. But Colin is the guy that's benefiting, you know, the most from all this, in, in, in my estimation. You know, we look at what Osiris Mitchell's done and we look at what Tommy Stevens is doing. But I think in the end of the day, what's happening is you're beginning to see the maturation of the Moorhead offense right here, Mississippi State. Isaiah Zuber spoke with the media for the first time last night. He didn't even want, even want to talk when he uh, signed Mississippi State. And, and, and I, I respect that. He goes, you know what, I'm just ready to get to work. You know, I, I just, I'm ready to get out there and get to work. I got classwork to do. Didn't want to draw any attention to himself. He just made his decision, came on down there, mentioned last night. As we reported, he and Chauncey Rivers were great friends, played, uh, you know, played you know, peewee football together all the way up through to high school and everything else, and so that was instrumental in getting him to Mississippi State. He wanted to wait until he had accomplished something before he met with the media, and so he gets a couple of games under his belt, and I think we've seen some flashes from him. I, you know, I, I still think the best is yet to come from Isaiah Zuber. There are times he's been open, and we just hadn't thrown in the football because other people have been open. I still have high expectations for he and Javante Payton. But Zuber, very, very polished. You, you can just tell this is a guy that, that, that gets it. You, he is a senior. He behaves like a senior. He communicates like a senior. Um, and so I was real impressed with him. He also, there was a couple of questions we asked about Kansas State. I even asked him, I said, you know, hey, look, you, uh, you were in that locker room last year. What was it like to lose to Mississippi State? You know, and kind of what are they thinking this year kind of heading down here? Do they have revenge on their minds? And he goes, you know what, I can't really tell you what those guys are thinking because I don't play for Kansas State anymore. It's a good answer. And he's exactly right. But the bottom line is it's going to be an emotional week for him. He's got some friends down there. And, uh, yeah, there's been some trash talk back and forth, all good-natured. And he's given it as well as he's taken it. But, uh, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of attention this week. And I'll tell you, too, him being in that wide receiver room, you know, he knows which of those Kansas State DBs are susceptible to certain routes. He knows that maybe this guy don't want to tackle, and this guy's a bit of a finesse guy, and this guy's really good at this, and this guy's good not good at that. And so that's some information that's very valuable. You know, I don't know if you know this, Kansas State has uh, a former Mississippi State QC guy on their staff. Uh, Coach Van Malone, you know, he's over there. So he, he knows our personnel, too. So in many respects, it's going to be a little different. 
at the end of the day, though, it doesn't matter. All the preparation in the world doesn't make any difference if you don't go out and execute on Saturday. And I think that I think Isaiah Zuber will be a guy that I, I think that he'll want to he'll he'll want to be a factor. He won't want to have to live with the fact that uh, you know he was on the losing end of this thing two years in a row. And he won't want his friends because they're all still friends. He did not leave Kansas State with any sense of acrimony. You know, he was not upset with his friends. It was a chance for him to kind of get a little closer to home and a, a you know, chance to, you know, really to take advantage of the grad transfer rule and go be in a more of a pass-happy scheme. And if you look at what Kansas State's doing this year, that they're, they're running the football. I don't know if you know this, but in 120 minutes of football, the Kansas State defense has been on the field 36 minutes. They are ball protection and game management and time possession on steroids. They want to play keep away. You remember that Arkansas game back in 2014 when they came in here and they got up 10 nothing and it seemed like we had been there for 30 minutes and it was already the fourth quarter? That's the kind of game they want to play. They're not going to be this big explosive, you know, run wild offense. They're going to just try to go out there and manage the clock and manage the game and keep their defense fresh in the fourth quarter. That's why it's so imperative for Mississippi State to get off to a strong start. State State has really got to get out of the gate against Kansas State. And one of those things you kind of got to caution against, too, is let's say they get the ball first. They put together a drive, and maybe they go down there and score. And then you run some tempo, and then and maybe you go three and out, and you get the football right back, and they've got it. Well, the next thing you know, the, fourth, the first quarter is over, and maybe you're down to nothing. Then all of a sudden you start to panic a little bit. And you, you, it's okay, we just need a score to get back in it. This is one of those games you simply do not want to get behind in. I don't want to be behind in any of them, but when you've got a game like this, when you've got a team that is so skilled at managing the clock and just shortening the game on you, especially when we've got a defensive front that is still trying to find a sense of themselves, they're going to start five seniors across the front. One's a grad transfer, and they've got a guy that was a quality reserve last year, I guess their third guard last year, that uh, is going to be a starter this year, kind of a part-time starter a year ago. They're going to be experienced, and they've got you know they've got some transfers, and they've got some running backs. Now, in many ways, I think if, if Mississippi State can do to them what LSU did to Mississippi State last year, let, let's say you're able to stop the run a little bit and force them to throw the football, that plays right into Mississippi State's hands. Because Mississippi State is more skilled at corner than Kansas State is at receiver. So the main thing, job one is going to be stopping the run, without question. Got to find a way to stop the run. Got to find a way to get off the field. Got to find a way to get some negative plays. Got to find a way to get them out of their comfort zone. And that's one of the things about these teams that are ball control teams. If they ever get down in the ball game, all of a sudden they begin to get a little desperate. They, they dig into the gimmick plays. They fake punts. And the next thing you know, if that blows up in their face, the game gets away from them. So if Mississippi State is leading after that first quarter, I think it's going to be a really good day. If we're not leading after that first quarter, I think it's going to be – it might be a short ball game, but it might prove to be a long day. As, uh, one of my good friends on Facebook says, you know, it can get late early in a ball game like that. And so I think that's really important that we come out and get going. And I think having Tommy Stevens healthy and Kylan Hill healthy and an offensive line healthy will kind of speak to that. 
I think they're going to come out and look to take Kylan Hill away, which will enable some other things to open up. This could be the game where the tight ends are a major factor. And listen, we've, we, Dante Johnson's been out there and done some things. We've had some opportunities to, to make some plays. But with them walking people in the box, which is what I expect to happen, I think they're basically inviting Tommy Stevens to have a big day, inviting Tommy Stevens to find a way to get the ball to some, some other receivers. We had nine receivers catch a football against Louisiana, ten against other miss. We're going to spread the ball around. But when they're walking people up, that opens it up for explosive plays. You've got guys like Osiris Mitchell, Javante Payton, Stephen Gidry, and man-to-man coverage. I like those odds. I really do. I think that will really speak well of Mississippi State if we get those opportunities. If they walk those safeties down to try to neutralize Kylan, I think we have we will find a way to get the ball into the hands of other people and get those safeties back out of the box. Now, interesting comment by Chris, Chris Kleiman. Uh, before we get that, let me remind you, our good friends Campus Bookmark, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole group there, they will treat you like family because in their eyes you are family. Many of you bought your textbooks from Campus Bookmark when you were students here at Mississippi State. Now it's time to outfit your home, your pets, your RV, your office, anything you have with maroon and white. Let me encourage you to go ahead and jump on board with that. When you're in town, go by, say hello, get a picture made, whatever you want to do. Peruse their fine selections of Bulldog offerings. If you can't make it to town and perhaps a game day event kind of prevents you from uh, being a shopper, visit them online at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code to save you a little cash. The phrase that pays BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that will save you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. So uh, Chris Kleiman made a comment I thought was rather interesting. Chris Kleiman, the uh, head football coach of Kansas State. Someone asked him about, you know, is there any uncertainty with the defensive game planning with uh, not knowing what's going to happen to quarterback with Tommy Stevens? Is Tommy Stevens going to play? Or are they going to play Keith Thompson or whatever? And he goes, no, not really. And he kind of referenced last year. He goes, you know, I think they're going to do what they do. And he says, and if you look at what Mississippi State did last year, even when they played the two quarterbacks, that, that they, they ran the same stuff. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that I agree with that assessment this year. I think we are a much different look offense. Now, our quarterback and running back carries are pretty similar to what we had last year. I just think the running back carries a little more explosive because of the fact that, uh, you know, we're able to have a little more room to run there in the box. But, um, but we're not the same scheme as we were a year ago. And I think that's an important distinction that uh, Tommy Stevens brings to it is we did not have the ability to really beat somebody down the field last year. And as good as Tommy is to throw in the football, I, th- I think Michael Johnson might be the greatest acquisition from an assistant coaching standpoint we've had in a long time. Those guys as wide receivers are really played at a high level. When I see Stephen Gidry and, and uh, Javante Payton, those guys running around, to, to me, they look like SEC guys. And I don't know that that's always been the case here. Even in the Dan Mullen era. Well, maybe, maybe especially in the Dan Mullen era. Because even though we didn't have a lot of success throwing the football under Sylvester Croom, we were able to go out and recruit some guys that kind of looked apart. But uh, we were a little smaller with Dan Mullen. Now we've got some big-bodied receivers and go up and make plays for us. And so I think there are some mismatches to be exploited this weekend. 
and uh, we'll get into a lot more of that on Friday. And uh, really, really eager to get back at Davis Wade Stadium. I'm not looking forward to that heat. And again, let me remind you guys, go ahead and begin hydrating now. If you're not doing so already, please go ahead and hydrate. We don't want anybody falling out at the ball game. Understand ahead of time again, there will be heat advisory stuff, just like we talked about. You can go to uh, healthstate.com and read all about that. And again, the metal detectors, get there early, please. Please get there early. I know that involves leaving a tailgate a little bit early. I know that involves leaving the house a little bit early. It's going to be a better time for everybody if we just kind of give each other a break. Let's give each other some time, you know, some room to breathe. You know, that's one of the things about the concession stand stuff last week. I heard some nightmares about because of the fact that there were a smaller number of concession stands open. You still had, you know, a big rush of people there. People standing there breathing on each other at tight quarters. You know, we're all family, but I, you know, I like a little elbow room. You know, all, all due respect. And here's the thing. You know, the Southern Miss crowd was good. It wasn't great. I don't know that we have a huge crowd this weekend either. But uh, those days are coming. You know, probably here in a couple weeks. You know, Kentucky's going to be here another 3, 3 p.m. start. I don't know, I'll tell you. Uh, I got really, really, uh, you know, kind of raised an eyebrow at the whole uh, Greg Byrne making the comment, complaining about them having to play a daytime football game. I'm thinking, my goodness, man. When you were the athletic director here, we, we were the 11 o'clock game. It was almost like it was stuck that way. We didn't get to play a lot of night games. And and so to hear Alabama complain about that kind of stuff, it's just kind of silly to me that they wanted that game to be a night game. Listen, we want all of our games to be night, and every September game we're going to play is going to be in the daytime. So cry us a river, man. Get it together. It's silliness. I don't like that at all. You know, I like daytime football in November. I don't like daytime football so much in September, but I like football all the time. And um, my hope is you guys will come out and join us this weekend. And again, be prepared for some delays. Be prepared for some inconvenience, okay? There are going to be some things that are going to be worked out this week, and, and I can assure you John Cohen and the staff of Mississippi State very, very, very mindful of what happened. But let's go out here and win a football game. You know, let's go out here and win a football game and kind of feel good about where we are and look forward to how our SEC opener next weekend and a chance to open up 4-0. and We'll see how things go from there. But, uh, again, Joe Moorhead, I believe, has us on the right track. And, really, uh, the big news, too, with Tommy Stevens being healthy, I think, I think Kansas State will get the right version of Mississippi State. Before we get out of here, I want to mention, talk to you about Cream Walker a little bit. That story broke late Monday. We broke that on jeanspage.com. Cream Walker actually began classes last week. There is still the mandatory NCAA acclimation period you got to go through. You know, you got to get a physical, you got to get outfitted for it. And, and there's like, they don't just take you from the street and throw you out there in the middle of the huddle. You know, that you got to go through. You know, you got to go through the shells, and you got to, you know, you don't, you can't wear pads for like the first week or something. So there is a process that is in place. Now, one of the things that I think our fans need to remember is Kareem Walker has not touched a football competitively since last November. He did not get the benefit of spring practice. He did not get the benefit of summer workouts. He did not go through fall camp. So do not expect him to play this year. It's been nine months or so since he has touched the football. I guess almost 10 months, really, since he's touched the football. And a lot of people said, okay, how quickly can we get him out here? Guys, he's not going to play this year, okay? He's not going to play this year. And then, and then we'll see what happens next year. 
you know, maybe he comes in in the spring and you know, maybe he's uh, reborn and ready to go. But the bottom line is, is that uh, with Mississippi State success with Colin Hill and Nick Gibson and Allie Witherspoon coming on, I think that's the direction we go. And then hopefully Kareem Walker can uh, be a factor in spring practice. And we got some young backs coming in next year. And then, and then, yeah, we'll see how things go from there. But uh, do not expect him to play this year. I mean, that's that's been a, a constant question since the news broke on Monday. And I'll be honest with you, I am surprised that he is here. And what I mean by that is, is that every time there was like, okay, I'm done with it. I don't know that he fully understood or appreciated the process. And he would think he was done and he would share with me, hey, I'm going to be moving in this day or we're finishing up this. And then it was always one more mountain to climb. And then he doesn't make it by the drop ad day, but there was some wiggle room there. He gets here and then it's finally cleared um, academically and admitted to the university. And so he and Alan Love not going to play this year. Okay, Alan Love's uh, appeal was denied. And also, I don't know if you saw on Saturday, but Alan Love is out there pushing a card around with his uh, leg on top of it. You know, so he is out for some time. Uh, nobody has specifically spoken about that, but I, I am told that he is likely, in the event that he would have been cleared to play, he is probably gone for the regular season anyway. So that'll work out okay. He'll get an opportunity to, uh, to, to heal and, and sit out and get ready to go, and then we'll see what happens over the course of uh, – the next few years. So we're not going to have any new additions to the football team this year. So what we started with is what we're going to end with, save for a few guys that will play their way through and work their way through these uh, suspensions. But the Kareem Walker and Alan Love sagas as far as the pending clearances from the NCAA are now over. I want to remind you, if you hadn't done so, go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com and pre-order multiple copies of Stark Villains the book I will be signing every pre-order and go grab your t-shirts and hoodies from starkvillains.com we'll get you measured up and get you outfitted you're going to want those hoodies your kids want them now if you're in the greater Starkville area chances are you can get those hoodies in your school colors we make them dress code compliant as best we can again that's starkvillains.com and the book is at starkvillains thebook.com. We'll be back on Friday and we'll preview the weekend. Look forward to being back with you guys. Hope this is a great week for you. Hope that everything is going well exactly the way you want it. And I hope the people you love love you back. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.